Another Thursday, that means it's time for another episode of BAM, that's Boris and Matt Weekly, where we talk about all things in the professional world of wrestling, sports, and entertainment. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour, joyeux Noël, comment ça va? How's it going? How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, it's like the little—it's like a little stocking stuffer before you open your presents. It's like the the pajamas you open up on Christmas Eve, you know, the little gift before the gifts. Yep, that's exactly what this episode of Bam is because typically we talk about sports, we talk about entertainment, we talk about a smorgasbord of wrestling. But today we are going to be focusing in on wrestling. And as we get closer to the end of the year, I think, you know, one of the main gimmicks that we've liked to have is, is our lists. You know, we started BAM off with a list. We, we counted down the top 100 mid matches at the mid-year. So, you know, next week we're going to be doing the same. But because it is the year 2021, we're going to be doing the top 121 matches of 2021. But because this list, your list, has kind of evolved and changed and, and gone through some iterations, I think it's safe to say that some of the matches were left off. Now. Yes, and some fabulous matches left off, Boris. Some really good ones and, and some stuff that we wanted to talk about, we wanted to touch on and uh, reminisce about before we uh, closed out 2022. Exactly. So, so you know, because this has been... Overall, a fantastic year for wrestling. You know, whatever promotion you watch, it has just been a lot of fun. Um, you know, the the wrestling business has seen its ups and its downs. Some promotions, you know, are kind of left on the outside right now. We don't know exactly the future of a promotion like Ring of Honor, what the future holds for them, I should say. Um, you know, we don't know exactly where WWE is going in terms of a business, you know, and and, and business seems to be booming for AEW, but, you know, the big question looming into 2022 is can they keep this momentum? So as we want to celebrate wrestling, you know, we want to also take time and celebrate the individual matches. So obviously, I think we both agreed that, you know, we're going to go through the top cuts, the hard cuts, as you put it, on the top match list. So that's essentially what this episode is going to be. But before we go there, Matt, you know, as we inch closer and closer to 2022 and we've reflected a bit more on 2021, you know, I think we should talk a little bit about what we foresee in 2022 as it pertains to the wrestling uh, promotions you know it's, we're gonna you know specifically specify around AEW and WWE those are the two that get all the love all the attention we're gonna do that for this uh, for this one episode of BAM um, at least for our bold predictions because you know like I said 2021 was a hell of a year no one could have predicted how 2021 unfolded uh, and and I think that you know the same can be said in the future, but you know we have in our gut our guts we kind of have some some predictions that we kind of want to chat about. <laughs> You've said that a couple times that I always say I think that's more of an insult, gut of guts, more of an insult than heart of hearts. But I feel I feel you, big homie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I how do you want to do this? You want to bounce this back and forth? I have a bold prediction that's gonna come up pretty early in the year so i would like to start with that one if you don't mind buddy bold prediction and we've said this before on the air but i'm sticking with it i'm putting it here in stone johnny gargano defeats sammy guevara for the tnt title coming up very soon battle of the belts january 8th i think johnny gargano debuts and he's the first new wrestler to actually win that tnt title i think he goes on a big run with it yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, to be 100%. Like, it's, uh, um, I really don't. I think he's going to take his time. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I want him as a f wrestling fan to end up in AEW. But I just really think that he's going to stay in WWE for one reason or the other. Um, but, yeah, that's for sure something uh, that I can see happening um, and we'll see exactly where they end up going with 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 that. Um, but, you know, you know, it, it's right now, you know. You know, we're seeing more debuts in AEW, and one can only assume that 
some more debuts will happen, right? So this leads me into my first bold prediction of 2022, and that pertains to the roster of AEW. Um, you know, we're entering the third full year of AEW. The original contracts are starting to come up, and I believe that we're going to start seeing some more churn, but specifically a little bit of unrest in the AEW uh, roster. I think that as you know, they keep signing people and TV time becomes less and less um, um, shareable. I believe that you're going to start seeing a little more internal competition competition and you're going to be start seeing some, you know, some people kind of start speaking out a little more towards AEW. I think that the honeymoon phase is essentially going to start running up for AEW in 2022. Okay, fair enough. Do you have a, like a specific wrestler who's no. going to be like no, 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 extra sassy? Do you think I, Brian Cage's wife is going to start popping off on Insta again? You know, and that's the person who I 100% think is going to be the first person to kind of goes from AEW to WWE. Um, you know, you see his his name pop up more and more and more. But other people that I can think of are like the Joey Janellas of the world, right? Like the the Sunny Kisses of the world. Um, hell, even the Butcher and the Blades of the world, right? Like these these people who could be featured but are kind of left in the peripherals just because of how huge and talented the roster is. Fair enough. And I don't see Sonny or Joey in WWE. No. I could I'm honestly saying, see no, the Butcher and the Blades. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. I'm saying... That they're not necessarily all going to stay. This isn't a they're just going to jump 100%. ship to WWE. Hundred percent. I just wanted to clarify that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, while we're on the subject of WWE, I have another fairly bold one for you, Boris, because we've seen uh, random partnerships happen a lot on WWE TV, and we've also seen the tag team champions kind of hold the titles for a little bit in WWE, especially on the women's side. They kind of just forget who has the tag team titles, right? So here's my bold prediction. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn form a tag team and hold a version of the WWE tag team titles, either Raw or SmackDown, for over six months. So they're going to have to team up quick and hold those belts for a while. But I think that's part of the reason why Kevin Owens re-signed. I think him and Sami haven't had that main roster tag team run. They haven't had a tag team run really at all in WWE. And I think it's time. This is going to be the run. So this year it's happening. Owens and Zayn, Steen Erico in WWE, Boris. Yeah, I can 100% see that, especially, you know, as more rumors are circulating about Sami Zayn resigning. Nothing has been confirmed. We, we're not going into rumor innuendo, so that can, you know, that can stay on other podcasts, other shows, other channels. Um, but that's that's another great bold prediction for 2022. Here's another bold prediction from me. And it's one that I think is going to happen a lot sooner rather than later. And that I that is Walter will be part of the main roster in WWE nice. in 2022. Oh, nice, buddy. I, I'm jealous of that bold prediction. I hope you're correct. I'm cheering for it. Good call. Uh, and you know what? We are NXT talk. We are the NXT talk boys. This is bam, but we are the NXT talk boys. We are the young guns. I have a little NXT related prediction for you, Boris. All right, let's hear both it. Both Braun Breaker, both Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller will wrestle on SummerSlam 2022. You know, it's funny because I was actually going to give them WrestleMania. Oh, wow. So, yeah, maybe SummerSlam isn't even that bold. Maybe I should maybe I should bump that up. But I wrote SummerSlam down here on the page. So we're going to stick with that. Both Braun and Grayson featured on SummerSlam 2022. That's a good one. I really like that one a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to the business side of wrestling. And I think that we're, I'm going to, you know, this has been the hottest rumor, the hottest talking point. And that is as it pertains to the sale of WWE. I believe that it officially won't be sold. But at some point within 2022, it's going to be announced that they are taking offers, that they are looking at suitors, that they are sharing their books with potential buyers. I do believe that 
2022 is going to be the year where we really start seeing the business side of WWE um, really change and and who knows what this means for the landscape. But, I, you know, with all of the releases that have happened this year, 80 plus wrestlers have been, or personnel have been released. Um, you know, we're talking both, you know, on screen, backstage, office, right? Like it's just uh, it's, it's been it's been crazy to say the least. Um, and you cannot tell me that this isn't to make the company as lean as humanly possible for a sale. So I think at some point this year in one of the shareholder meetings, we are going to hear that WWE is taking suitors, is sharing their books with potential buyers. I like it. I like it. That's ball. It's, you know, it's not too bold. It's realistic. I can see it. Uh, I will. I'm going to put you on the spot for, for a somewhat bold. I want a number. What? is going to be the value of WWE. What will they actually sell for when and if they sell? How many billions of dollars, Boris? I think it'll be around five to six. Five to six. That is immense. Now, UFC, what, like in 2016, I want to say UFC went for four billion, I believe. Something like that. So it would it would stand to reason that in 2023 or 2024, WWE could get five or six for yeah. sure. And, that's and maybe, that's huge. Maybe even more when you consider that they're right in the middle of their TV, major billion dollar TV deals with USA Network and Fox, right? Like we have to consider that as well. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's there's a uh, yeah all kinds of money uh, being generated there. Uh, I have one final one, actually, just to dip our toes just a little bit, just dip our toes a little bit into New Japan. I think Zack Sabre Jr. wins the next G1. There I said it. Yeah, there you go. That's a very, very bold prediction right there. Um, Sticking with New Japan, I believe that 2022, and this isn't really a bold prediction, but I believe that we will see Okada wrestle in AEW at Revolution in February. Interesting. Does he wrestle Omega? Probably not. If it's probably in February. not. Probably not. Interesting. Interesting. I could see that. I could see Moxley and Danielson both in the G1 if travel allows, if COVID allows. But uh, yeah, man, I think I think we've done good on these bold predictions. Definitely, we'll write these down. We'll track them throughout the year. And we'll uh, we'll celebrate when Gargano wins that title January eighth. Yeah, I doubt it's gonna happen. But hey, stranger <laughs> things have happened, right? Who would have like? Let's be honest here. Um, you know, who would have ever thought that Kevin Owens resigns, right? Like, if you had told me that Kevin Owens resigns, I would have laughed at you. But at, I like I, just like Gargano, I, I I honestly thought that he would resign like you know especially yeah. knowing what type of a man he is how he's looking out for his family how that is his priority right now you know he's not a spring chicken right now so he's going to go for the bag while his body can absolutely and good on him kudos to you kevin owens get that bag 10 times out of 10 but yep. uh just like look at how crazy this entire episode of dynamite it opened with Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy. It closed with Darby Allen, CM Punk, and Sting in a match against FTR and MJF. Sting hadn't wrestled uh, until the start of this year, like in a real actual match, right? Like that happened this year. That'll be on. uh, We'll be talking about that in the future. CM Punk was a huge return this year. Adam Cole wrestling in AEW TV. If you would have told us, all of that dynamite episode at the start of 2021, it would have blown our minds. It would have been crazy. So who knows what the next 365 days have in store, buddy? I have one last bold prediction, and I don't know exactly how this is going to play out. I don't know what exactly this means, but it's just something that seems to be very prevalent. Um, I was actually going to kick off this one, but just the way that you started the conversation, I kind of tried to segue into it. Um, But I really do believe that by the end of 2022, Triple H will not be part of WWE. Oof, that is massive. That is extremely bold. I wonder if if that would if that's even feasible. Like, would would 
because it, Stephanie uh, McMahon is such an integral part of that company and she's so close to her family and her father. I wonder what kind of rift that would cause personally. Like that's there's a whole ginormous can of worms there, buddy. It's well, sure. very interesting. We well, shall sure. see. But, you know, if 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 Nick Khan continues to take over the business side of stuff, um, you know, and, and on the creative side, you have to have the Bruce Pritchers and Kevin Dunn's of the world really, you know, sinking their teeth into things uh, and have Vince McMahon's ear, at least for now. Where does this leave Triple H, right? Like we've seen his role change like three or four times in the past three or four years. You're a million percent on the money there, man. Like, and like, he got unfairly blamed for what happened with NXT. It's not his fault. I think it's proven that his brand of wrestling can draw money, can produce incredible matches. And yeah, I'd like to see him get a chance to run a major wrestling company because I think he's proven to be a success. And it's it was a massive overreaction to kick him out of his position. Yep. 100% it was and you know I think that that one day his wrestling historians are going to take a look at at what happened to Triple H and kind of um make make it kind of make um uh, like 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 you know textbooks will be written <laughs> about yes about this. exactly like I you know folk songs uh, yeah Exactly. It About just, the martyring of Triple H. Exactly. I wanted you to say it because it's something that you said earlier, which resounded just because this is something that I've been thinking about more and more um, as, you know, as we kind of see that the the, the, the the influence of Triple H is just just loosening in WWE. It's like anyone who was seen as a Triple H signee is gone. Uh, his NXT is gone. Everything that he's essentially done is gone. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, rough year for the King of Kings. Hopefully it gets better in 2022 because it can't really get much worse than it did for Triple H. Of all the people who had bad 2021s, and Boris, a lot of us had a rough 2021. Uh, I think Triple H might have had the worst. He might have had the worst year of anyone. Yeah, for sure. He, he It's up there to <laughs> say the least. All right, buddy. So I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, the bold predictions again. We'll we'll uh, we'll check back on those throughout the year. But uh, yeah, so I think it's time to get into the top 50 hardest cuts. Now, I was thinking as well, because there's still one more big show to come in 2021. There's a huge stardom show, Stardom Dream Queendom, December 29th. And the reason why we bring that up is because uh, the main event of that show has a real good chance of cracking this list and pushing another match out. So I was thinking, should we start with that or should we close with the match that might actually be cut? You know what I mean? I think it's start on the with list the one right that now. Could be cut, and yeah. you know we'll 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 kind of take it from there. Okay, so let's let's do that. So there are two four-star matches. On the actual list of 121, everything else is four and a quarter stars or above. So these are the two matches that are hanging on for dear life that could be cut if something happens to pass them on Dream Queendom December 29th. Both from AEW, Boris. You tell me if I'm crazy. Match number 121 on the list currently, Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega, AEW Full Gear, the world title match. Match number 120 currently, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, exploding barbed wire death match. Your thoughts? I don't know how the death match is even on this list. Um, the hmm. fact that was it's even in the top anything is 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 crazy to me. Um, and the I think I agree with you on the. Adam Page, Kenny Omega match, but I think a lot of listeners are going to have uh, some words with you. Interesting. Well, feel free to direct all complaints and uh, concerns to Boris's Twitter, where he will deal with them. No, it's uh, yeah. I I thought the Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega match, while very good, it was I I it was a touch disappointing. Maybe it was just the length of the show. Also, I hated the Young Bucks thing at the end. I hated that they had to work in the cheesy like. Matt Jackson, like, nodding. It was way too on the nose. And as for the exploding barbed wire death match, I thought that was an incredible match that was ruined by a, a very terrible finish. And if your entire match is building up to one big spot and you blow the spot, 
it hurts the match. Well, but I you, thought this was like a but four and a half. You just said it, but you just said it. If the entire well, that's what I'm match is building into one big spot, how could it even be <laughs> top anything? Well, because it was like a four and a half star match, four All and right. a quarter star match that was that was hurt by that. And I I docked, I would say, a full half star, full quarter star-ish. It, it went it knocked down from like an 85, 87-ish percent to, a, to an 80. So it is the best four-star match that I saw all year or like the worst four and a quarter. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, I, I, yeah. That's why. That's why I have it where it is. Yeah, cool. It is what it is. It's it's your list, right? So um, I just I don't know. It's just like for me, that match just wasn't good. It just was not a good match. It just was not entertaining at all. Fair enough, man. It was definitely it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't argue that the ending completely blew it. But I thought the match was incredible leading up to that. So anyway, those are the two matches at 121 and 120. There's a good chance that two matches on Dream Queendom are good enough to push those both off the list. So I wanted to start with those. Those will probably be actually the two hardest cuts. Yep. All right. So let us get back to the rest of the hard cut list. We're going to name off 50 matches. Uh, let the listeners know what order we're going to go in. Um, I know you kind of want to do a random chronological, correct? Yes, yes. Just because these are all four-star matches from this point. They're all four out of five, 80% A- minus. if you wanted to be a dick about it, Boris. But uh, yeah, four-star matches. And so I figured it, it would just be easiest to just kind of go in chronological order rather than kind of rank all these things. Just celebrate the great year of wrestling that we had. And then we're going to be dicks about it and rank them all next week, 121 to 1. Yep. Go ahead. All right, so starting with from January 3rd, 2021, Suwama versus Yuma Aoyagi. It was for the AJPW Triple Crown Championship for from uh, All Japan New Year War Night 2. So New Year's War, uh, it, it's, it's usually a solid show. Uh, All Japan is a pretty big blind spot for me, but I, I watched this match. I really enjoyed it. It was on the list for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, I I do recall this uh, this on the list. I don't remember watching all of it. I know I started at some point, but I don't remember too much of this match. Yeah, uh, All Japan is something we need to watch a little more, but there's so much wrestling out there. It would be nice to find some more time for All Japan. Uh, next up, from January 6th, 2021, the NXT Men's World Title, New Year's Evil, Finn Balor versus the newest AEW signing, Kyle O'Reilly. No, it's so crazy when you say that. It's like, think of the days that were in NXT when the year started. Uh, yeah, no, this match was fantastic. This was a great match, especially for being on free TV. Um, yeah, totally agree. Absolutely, yeah. Man, remember the days of Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor and four-star matches all the time on NXT. Those mm -hmm. were the days. Those were the days of our lives. January 15th, 2021, our next match from Ring of Honor Television, the Ring of Honor Television title, Dragon Lee versus Ray Oris, tore it up in January. Yep, I remember this match really well. Uh, yeah, these guys have just had so many matches this year, but I think that this was probably their best one. Uh, yeah, I think this one would probably be it. Yeah, I, I think so, too. This one or the one that just happened on Final Final Battle? Yeah, I was, I was thinking of that one and also the one that happened, I think it was sometime in March. But yes, I yeah. Know it was maybe, a multi-man yeah. match as well. Uh, but I yeah, think, yeah, I think there might be on our next week's list, there might be a triple threat that shows up, I believe, yeah. from the anniversary show That's in March. That's the one I'm we'll, thinking we'll, of. That's we'll the one it. I'm thinking of. Anyways, yeah. Continue. Uh, so this this next match was similar to our uh, to our 121 and 120. There were it's a four star match with a giant flaw, and that's from the Royal Rumble 2021. Last man standing, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. This was an awesome match. Kevin tried to kill himself as he does in every single WWE pay per view match he's ever been in. But uh, if you remember the handcuff spot, you'll know why we couldn't really put it on the list. Unfortunately. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like this, this match was great, but people will only remember the botched handcuff, you know, bit. Um, you know, it's so so. I kind of find it funny that you would have this as a hard cut and not the exploding barbed wire match. 
Yeah, I, I, I actually would think this would this might even be number one twenty two. You know, it's yeah. it's right in that same level yeah. to me. It's yeah, right. Um. All right. Next up, February twenty fourth, AEW Dynamite. Lance Archer versus Ray Phoenix. The one and only time Lance Archer has sold for a man shorter than six feet. Yeah, I remember this match really well. This match was fan-freaking-tastic. I really like this one. I remember we watched this one together up in your place, and, um, yeah, this this one was good. Yes, absolutely. Ray Phoenix is, is still somehow underrated. That man's incredible. Here's, a, here's something that was a little bit of a hidden gem from March. Uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Kota Ibushi versus El Desperado. I might have actually underrated this match. I should have gone back and watched it again. But again, there's only so much time of the day. So we have it here. Four stars. Despy versus Kota. Yeah. This is when El Desperado was like really making a huge push at the beginning of the year. Um, He had like a great, great early year run. Um, And it was really the commentary. Just they just went in depth about how his backstory and, you know, how he donned the gimmick and all all of that stuff. He like I said, the first few months of the year, he was just on fire, just on fire fire uh 100% yeah and then this match like was kind of like the culmination of that early year run that early year push that he got yeah it kind of sucks that he couldn't really sustain it although that wasn't much of his fault that was new japan just being in a rough spot Mm -hmm. uh but we're gonna keep it going with new japan three straight matches from the new japan cup in march so we have from round one Gabriel Kidd versus Zack Sabre Jr. Awesome technical battle. From the Sweet 16, Kenta versus Minoru Suzuki. Two surly older dudes just beating the shit out of each other. And from the final four, David Finley versus Well Osprey. Arguably the best David Finley match. Yeah, so 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 the Suzuki and Kenta match, that match was just so good. Just two guys who just are angry at the world who wanted to kick each other's ass. Again, we watched this match together. Um and the Brian Finley uh Finley match, I think that is probably his best match period. Yeah, I would think so. I can't tell you a better David Finley match David off the top Finley. of my head yeah. anyway. I can name you like ten or fifteen better fit Finley matches. Yes. But I uh, are we ever going to see David versus Fit, by the way? Probably not. Eh? I think that ship has sailed. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, all right. N- next up, uh, former WWE wrestler Daniel Bryan challenging for the WWE title at Fastlane March 21st versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, this match was so good. Like, again, Daniel Bryan, he just had a hell of a year. Um, you know, he like he just br- brings out the best in everyone and the, the amount of like high, high caliber matches that he's had throughout the year. It's insane how he cannot be named everyone's wrestler, male wrestler of the year. I just I just don't I don't understand how he cannot be. AEW MVP, arguably, definitely like the best star rating average in AEW and was in the WrestleMania main event. So I think he's had one of the best years of all time, arguably. Definitely my wrestler of the year. Exactly. All right. Next up, speaking of AEW, Brandon Cutler makes our hardest cut. Let's take two. Brandon Cutler makes our hardest cut list. Brandon Cutler and the Young Bucks versus Laredo Kid and the Lucha Brothers from March 24th's Dynamite. Yes, this match was great. I believe this was Laredo Kid's last match on Dynamite. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. I think that stands to reason. I, I don't recall seeing him since. Yeah, I think this was his last one, and they kind of built it up as so. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, whew. Lucha Bros. What more can we say about them? Laredo Kid is I one of the most underutilized talents in the world in my opinion um you know he can just make a huge name for himself here stateside uh and i kind of want to see him more doesn't matter which promotion brings him in uh but yeah i want i want to see more laredo kid that's for damn sure uh yeah couldn't uh, agree with you more buddy laredo kid kicks some ass from the same episode of Dynamite, March 24th, 2021, Darby Allen versus John Silver for the TNT title. Johnny Hungy. This was a very fun match. Isn't this Darby Allen's like, TNT run was great. Yeah. Isn't this when uh, Johnny Hungy uh, separated his shoulder or something? 
I think he did get injured in this match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This one. This was a great match, and you know what? This is what makes. This is why I love AEW. Like one of the things I like about them a lot, I should say, is and that's like you know they have. They give people these opportunities to main event, um, and and they give it their all. Sometimes, you know, they get injured because of it, but you know, the match itself is just fantastic, right? Like, you can't build stars without giving people opportunities. Absolutely, and yeah, Johnny Hungy is one of those guys who has really capitalized on the opportunities he's been given. So we're we're taking a hard right here. We're going deep Joshi cut, ice ribbon, Boris for the ice. X Infinity title champion Sukasa Fujimoto versus Maya Yukihi. Uh, Sukasa Fujimoto went on an awesome ice ribbon title reign. She was the Ice X Infinity title is like the biggest championship in ice ribbon, and she was the Kenny Omega of uh, that promotion. She was a babyface. She's uh, she's similar to Riho in stature and somewhat in style. Although she's more dominant, Rio tends to wrestle purely as an underdog from underneath, I find. Uh, Fujimoto uh, is actually on offense a little more. But I really like her. I think she was a revelation. I've watched more Ice Ribbon this year than I ever have uh, before. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's safe to say, Matt, that I've watched more wrestling than you, this year from other promotions than I have before. Yes, yeah, I, I, yeah, more ice ribbon being any ice ribbon. I hadn't seen a second of ice ribbon before we started this podcast, but I love this match. And uh, you're going to hear more about Tsukasa Fujimoto coming up next week as well. Excellent. Love it. Here's a match that we disagreed on a couple times on a podcast already, but I'm bringing it back up. Arcade Anarchy, Boris, March 31st. The Best Friends versus Kip Sabian and Miro. Four stars, I say. Here's here's the here's what gets to me about this match. <laughs> we have watched hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of matches. Like honestly, like I almost want to keep track next year to how many matches we watch. And yeah. This is your top 170 or 161? <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Seriously? It's in there. Seriously? It's seriously. 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 Matt, I don't know about you sometimes. <laughs> Four stars, 80%. This is hard. Minus. Oh, my God. I really liked it. Chris Stedlander, she jumped out of the alien claw machine from Toy Story. Who couldn't love that, Boris? We, <laughs> it need was to, good. We, we need a new way to, de- de- to decide these lists. I'm not giving you full <laughs> rates on these anymore. <laughs> Come on. You can disagree with one or two. Uh, you know, I'm way. joking. But you know, I'm joking. Feel free to submit a list as well, buddy. But uh, anyway, no, it's, uh, that's fair enough, man. Uh, I, I accept all disagreements. But uh, all right. Moving along, buddy. We have a couple uh, couple selections from NXT Stand and Deliver. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. That was from April 7th, 2021. So we have Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez for the women's title. And we have the Gauntlet Eliminator match. How's this for a list? Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis versus Swerve Scott versus Leon Ruff versus LA Knight. Yeah. Oh, man. You see, Stand and Deliver in my opinion, was the end of NXT black and gold. Um, you know, <laughs> like, it really was, right? Like, because remember, that's, like, a couple weeks later, they, like, not even a couple weeks, a few days later, they moved to to Tuesdays, um, you know, and then it was just a build into uh, NXT TakeOver 36, which was, a like, in my opinion, the end of NXT black and gold. Um, but, man, yeah, no, this... Do you remember Stand and Deliver night one? Just how pumped everyone was. Like, that night was just masterful. Just beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> oh, that was the last night. That was the last night takeover. It was beautiful. That was the last takeover. That was it right there. That was that was yeah. the last one. Yep. Oh, that's sad. All right. But moving on, we had from NXT TakeOver Prelude, Heritage Cup rules, Noam Dar versus Tyler Bate. I love a Heritage Cup match. Boy, I love a Heritage Cup match. Yeah, same here. Like these, these Heritage Cup, pure rules, whatever, you know, anytime that you can change up wrestling just a little bit, I'm a huge fan of. The only thing about the Heritage Cup that I don't like is that it's a best two out of three falls. And the only reason I say that, Matt, is because, you know, I've said this on a few podcasts in the past, and I'll say it again. 
The issue that I have with two out of three falls is this, that the first fall typically happens so fast. So you're telling me, you know, unless you work it in and, you know, you build your match in such a way that that first fall was not a fluke or just something, uh, uh, you know, you worked it into the story somehow. You're telling me that if this was just a regular match, the match would have ended within three or four minutes. Yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense, and I can't argue that. Um, but yeah, man, it's just something you accept. And, yeah, and a, a lot sure. of these matches do a good job of it. A lot of these Heritage Cup rules, but they also it's two out of three falls, and they have the rounds, so there's a lot of stoppages in yeah. play. But I, but I still like them. They feel like sports, and they're always wrestled by great wrestlers who uh, you take pride in their work, and it's it's just a really good uh, production, usually, in my opinion. Yep, agreed. All right, so next up, we're at we're at WrestleMania 37, and we have a couple of four-star matches, I thought, from that card. The awesome, hard-hitting Riddle versus Sheamus match from night two, and the fabulous, underrated Cesaro versus Seth Rollins match from night one. Yep, so this the Riddle-Sheamus uh, match, that ending is still something oh that my I, God. Like, I, it, just, it, it just rings through my head. Every time I think of WrestleMania, like that's one of the highlights of WrestleMania for me. And the other highlight of WrestleMania for me was the entire Cesaro Seth Rollins match like this. See, this is what gets to me about WWE, man. You finally give the guy a shot. The guy takes it. He gives you absolutely quality matches. And by the guy, I'm talking about Cesaro gives you quality matches. And then you just end his push just like nothing ever happened. It was so funny because we were hearing rumors that Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, had been added to the creative team or was pitching in with ideas. And as soon as we were hearing those rumors, Cesaro got a push. And then as soon as Bryan Danielson, Daniel Bryan left WWE, Cesaro's push ended. It's kind of funny how that works. It is kind of funny how that works. Yeah, craziness, eh? All right, moving on, Boris, to your favorite, your boy, Santos Escobar, El Idolo, Santos El Idolo for the Cruiserweight title versus Kushida, NXT TV, April 15th, 2021. Yes, this match is incredible. This match is so freaking good. Uh, man, it's just, it's criminal what NXT is doing to Kushida right now. Absolutely criminal. And let's put a little pin in that because we'll be talking about those guys again in about five matches. But yep. moving on. Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy for the TNT title. That was from April 21st, 2021, Boris. That was a, a pure white meat baby face battle. Darby versus Jungle Boy. Yeah, I remember this match. This match was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, what else can we say? It was good. Like, you know, they're, yeah. it, 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 and I will give them credit, both of these guys' credits. They're both on the younger side, um, on the greener side for, for national TV, right? Um, and and one of the hardest things in wrestling is probably doing a good, entertaining face-v-face -face match. And that's exactly what these guys gave us. And I think that, you know, kudos to them that they were able to pull it off and have a great match. And as it goes to show you, sometimes, sometimes your in-ring can can make up for everything else. 100%, 1,000%, million percent agree with you there, buddy. And yeah, kudos to them for pulling that off because it is it is a tricky uh, it is a tricky situation. It's a tough proposal, the baby face match. Next up from NXT TV, April 27th, 2021, it was a trios match. Your boys, Legato Del Fantasma versus MSK and Kushida. MS Kushida versus Legato. Yeah, this match was a lot of fun. Uh, the MS Kushida stuff was funny. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, it's just like, again, like, think of the quality matches that we used to watch every week in NXT. You know, no wonder we a lot spoiled. of people. We were spoiled. And you know what? I think the casual fan was spoiled. And that's why NXT 2.0, the rainbow brand, gets so much hate. Some of it deserved. A lot of it, yep. in my opinion, undeserved. Yes, uh, we, we did that rant on the podcast this week. Feel free to check it out at patreon.com slash SNME radio. Boris, uh, we're heading into May and uh, New Japan Wrestling Dontaku Night 1 for the never open weight title match. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White. The Switchblade. 
Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White. I'm trying to remember this match, trying to place it and kind of like what I was doing in the year. Yes, I did. we watched this match together. I remember this was a random night, a random afternoon that I went upstairs and we just watched yeah. some wrestling. I do remember this really well. Um, yes, this match was good. Man, Jay White, he is so freaking good. I hope we see more of him on, on our list both this week and next. We definitely will next week. I'm not sure if there's any more of them on this on this particular iteration, but there's definitely some Jay White in the top 121 for sure. Next up, Boris, another Kushida versus Santos Escobar match. This time, two out of three falls for the Cruiserweight title. That was May 11th. We gave that one four stars as well. Yeah, man. These two could have had an epic feud throughout NXT, right? And then it, this is the thing. It's one of those, you know, I think we're going to start seeing this a little more. But one of the things that I really hated about NXT um, and, and the transition to the main roster is how everything becomes uncannon, how everyone needs to forget about what they did before they reached the main roster, because you could have had some amazing built in feuds for some people. I'm mainly thinking about the women, right? You, you know, the Bailey, Sasha Banks. Uh, you know, you had the Oscar Bailey. You had, you know, some amazing feuds that could have been used on the main roster. And I still think that, you know, Kushida and Santos could have been the male version of that. And they could have just had some absolute wild matches on the main roster. Yeah, it's not necessarily too late, but it will never happen. And that's sad. I have one million percent agree, buddy. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I just wish I just wish we still got to see this Kushida and not jacket time Kushida. But I digress. Next up from WWE Raw, Boris, a Raw match on our list. May 24th, 2021, Matt Riddle versus Xavier Woods. This match was awesome. Xavier Woods rules at putting matches together. There was a ton of unique little cool little spots in this match. It didn't go much longer than 10, maybe 15. I don't think it was even close to 50 minutes. I think it was like 8 to 10 minutes, and it was just an awesome little match. Matt Riddle versus Xavier Woods. Raw, WWE Raw May. I remember this match. I, I told You know, it's funny. I randomly caught Raw this week or that week. Um... And it was such a good match. And I'm like, Matt, you need to watch this match. You're going to love this match. Um, and it's the unfortunate part, right? I feel like in WWE in general, SmackDown, I tend to watch a little more and give it give it more of my time. But Raw, I just can't, man. I just can't watch it. I just cannot give it, even without commercials, even fast forwarding, because I will fast forward through some matches sometimes. And I feel like we are not giving WWE the service it deserves because I, you know, and, and not the company, the performers, because yeah. the in-ring in WWE has never been the issue. No, never, ever. And man, it's just the WWE raw is paced such a way that it's just, it's unwatchable. It's just they They kill so much time. The three hour thing is just, it's just a bridge too far for most fans, for me included. The way WWE paces their shows now, and now with the whole Peacock pay-per-view stuff and the commercials, oh man, you know, oh, you, and you know when it becomes so apparent when you watch other promotions pay-per-views, except for NWA, because NWA is not that good. Um, I'm mainly referring to AEW and their pacing, but the pacing of the final battle show, ROH final battle from just a few weeks ago, dude, you literally went from the three count to a to 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 a sent in video and the match is like basically here we go. I actually could use a little more downtime, but <laughs> yes, I, I would yeah, rather I watch. Agree. Yeah. I would rather watch ROH than uh, NWA any day of the week. I think their pacing was was closer to what I want for sure. Yep, yep. All right, so next up we have three matches from the AEW Double or Nothing card, May 30th, 2021. So we're starting with the buy-in, Riho versus Serena Deeb. I actually, I re that was a very strong match, one of the better buy-in matches you'll ever see. Then I believe the opener was Adam Page versus Brian Cage, Page v. Cage. And then here's one that might be my most controversial cut of all. 
Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the Young Bucks. No. I still thought it was a great match, but I thought it was a little too long, a little boring, a little self-indulgent. It wasn't the the all-time great match that I heard some people call it. Yeah. I still think it was great, but I wouldn't even put it in my top 121 this year. Yeah, so the issue that I had with Double or Nothing, so <clears throat> there's a couple things with anything that came out of Double or Nothing. I don't think you remember this weekend. This was Boris's super bender weekend from the summer, if you remember, like the really bad one in May. You remember this one? I, 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 off the top of my head, I don't. Your benders blend together for me, buddy. <laughs> no, this one was like... Your benders are all a blur. Yeah. Oh, no. Oof. No, this one was just like basically from Friday afternoon until Tuesday morning. It was just like, boom, just... I ran wild. Um, so I didn't watch this show until Monday. Hungover is all shit. Gatorade in my hand. Uh, looking at my phone, seeing the texts that I sent and were sent to me, just thinking, oh, that's that's going to take a lot of work to repair. <laughs> oh, hilarious. And you got to treated with this double or nothing show. That was I remember liking so, it a lot. It felt like a concert. felt like the crowd was back. That's Wrestling what it was. was you know, yep. it was wrestling was love again, and it was just all it was all a beautiful. Yeah, uh, you were all self indulgent on on this pay per view. Like I remember, you were like on a high after watching this yeah. pay per view. You were texting me, and I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make, short story long, is that um, a lot of the matches from this pay per view. I just, like, I remember, and I know that they're good, but I just can't place them how I can place other matches. That's the point I'm trying to make right now. Fair enough. And, yeah, you were definitely in an altered state. I can see why, buddy. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, coming up next, we have uh, a little a batch of NXT summer fun. The, the great American bash of NXT here, if you will, starting with June 3rd. NXT UK TV, Boris. Ilya Dragunov versus Noam Dar, two of our favorites. Yes. Yes, this match was beautiful. This match was great. Um, I'm surprised that, uh, well, I'm sure that NXT UK matches are going to end up on the actual list. Um, yes. But it's crazy that, you know, we haven't really talked much NXT UK just yet. I'm even more shocked we haven't talked about NWA just yet. <laughs> there's actual we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it next up three matches from nxt takeover in your house two boris we're going to start with the winner take all trios match tag team in north american titles legato del fantasma versus the colossal bronson reed and msk we also had the latter match cameron grimes versus la knight for the million dollar title and we also had one of the hardest matches I've ever had to rate. Adam Cole versus Carry On Cross versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne in a fatal five way as the main event of that show. Yeah, this show got a lot of hate. Um, this show, I remember just like a lot of people did not like this show, uh, the In Your House show, and especially the main event because this is when Carry On Cross just completely uh, ripped through your entire main event scene. And, uh, well, he's uh, <laughs> not even around anymore. Go figure, right? This was just June weeks before. 13th. Yeah, this was just weeks before he jobbed out to Jeff Hardy. Man. June 13th. That's so crazy. That feels like a lifetime ago. It's funny because I remember exactly what date this was. Like, I remember that weekend. It was another fun weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, in general. Like, uh, But, uh, uh, yeah, man, that that in your house show. I just remember, yeah, I remember hearing the 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 after party, and it just be getting a lot of not so happy critique. Yes, let me just read those names again because I'm just I'm just reading them over and over. And my mind is carry on cross champion defended and and crushed against Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. By God, Jr. If you had told me that Pete Dunne is the one that not only stays, but resigns with the company, I would have <laughs> laughed. I would have scoffed at you. I would have How spit crazy. in you. Man, you. we like <laughs> spit in me? Anyway, we carry on cross. 
Jesus Christ. The carry, the carry on cross thing, we were so worried that it was going to kill NXT forever. And guess what? It, it did. did. It, it did. didn't kill it forever. He did. Carry on cross killed the black and gold. We were right, Boris. We were right all along. Oh, my God, dude. I, I can't. I, I, uh, I got nothing. Again, uh, Pete Dunn. Good old Pete Dunn is the one who stayed and re-signed and got his ass kicked by Gabagool yesterday. <laughs> Truth is stranger than fiction, buddy. Uh, next up, July 1st, NXT UK TV, Jordan Devlin versus A-Kid. I was wrong about Jordan Devlin. I wear crow on my face. I eat that crow every day. Uh yeah, man, Jordan Devlin is a good wrestler, and this was a good wrestling match. I love A-Kid. He's the new Rick Martel. He's the babyface Rick Martel of our generation. Yeah, man. Uh, this match was good. I remember this match really well. I remember this match just because of how much you hated Jordan Devlin at this point. Yeah, and I've come around. You know, we uh, we have to learn from our experiences. And it's a ma- you know what, match? Um, I don't want you to spoil anything, but if... The ladder match with Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar isn't on your top 121 list. You still have a bias. Uh, No, well, uh, it's not. It's not on the list or this list. And uh, there's no bias. I am, uh, you know, just a fair and honest critic. Anyway. But yet you have a failed explosion match in this list. Jesus Christ. I don't know what I'm going to do. And Arcade Anarchy. Oh, my God. Your favorite. (laughs) Coming up next, we have a two-pack of Ring of Honor matches from ROH Best in the World, Boris. July 11th, 2021. That's Dragon Lee versus Tony Deppin for the Ring of Honor TV title. And Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bennett, your boy, for the ROH Pure title. Yeah, both of these matches were good. Um, Tony Deppin, man. He's he's so good. Uh yeah. Yeah, he, he's good the calls. new Dean Malenko, Tony Deppin is. He has a lot of Dean Malenko vibes. And that Dragon Lee versus Tony Deppin match was famous for Dragon Lee's plancha Canadian destroyer suicida. He did yeah. he did a tope suicida into a Canadian destroyer. It was insane. Yep. And what's crazy is that he that's not the craziest thing he's done all year. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Dragon League. Yeah. He's he's absolutely wild. He'll 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 invent moves and ways to kill himself or his opponent. Uh, yeah. Coming up next, we had a match that was the only knock on it was that it was just a little too long. It went like thirty six minutes, but it was a fabulous wrestling match. Money in the Bank, twenty twenty one, Universal Title, Edge versus Roman Reigns. Boris, you remember this one? Is it still going on? Yeah. This is you know this is the thing, right? Not every title match, not every main event needs to be 40 minutes to an hour long. You can't have a good 10-15 match if the story calls for it and you lay it out in such a way that it makes sense. Please, wrestling business in 2022, please don't give us hour long, unless it's deserved, like, you know, certain certain matches. Don't give us hour-long main events all the time. Title matches also. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Brevity. Please lean to the, you know, uh, less is indeed more. Coming up next, AEW Dynamite. August 18th, 2021. The best match of Sean Spears' career versus Sammy Guevara. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just I just really enjoyed this match. This was the best work that the Perfect 10 Ty Dillinger ever produced in professional wrestling. Sammy Guevara versus Sean Spears, a four-star match and a worthy, you know, off the post on this list. Uh coming up next, here's one that I really enjoyed. A lot of people didn't like. I thought it was a great match. Cena versus Roman. Universal title, SummerSlam 2021. Yeah, I thought this match was fine. I didn't have an issue with this match at all. Outside of the fact that I feel like there was just so much hype against WWE that weekend, thanks to CM Punk. Yes, 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 yes. That's a really great call. I think that was definitely part of it. But that match was slept on. It was really good. 
coming up next from NXT TakeOver 36, August 22nd, Butler Diapuestis, Boris, Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight. Yeah, this is a good match. Um, you know, Cameron Grimes and LA Knight just have good chemistry with each other, and they can always have a good match. And uh, this was just one of the, like, I think four or five matches that they had throughout the year. Yeah, and yeah, I, this might have been the best one. I really love Cameron Grimes' work, man. That that guy is so reliable, so goddamn good. Such a professional. Coming up next, AEW Saturday Night Dynamite, Boris. August 26, 2021, Jungle Boys World Title Match versus Kenny Omega. I didn't lose my mind for this match as much as some people did, but I would be a fool if I tried to tell you it wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, I can see why this match is on the hard cut list. Like, it was a great match, right? Like, there's no denying that, but there were better matches. Yeah. Done. Period. <laughs> That's I it. I agree with you. That's it. All right, Boris. Next up, we have NWA match of the year and the only time that NWA is showing up on either list. Can you guess what the match is? Uh, no. I, I, I really can't right now. Is it the uh, only Nick Aldis, Trevor match? Murdoch? No, no, it's not. It's the only four-star match in NWA all year that I've seen. No idea. Brawl in the Lou. Crimson versus Tim Storm versus Tom Latimer. This match blew my socks off. It was so good. Yeah. And I really didn't want to cut it. I think this was like probably number 124 or 125 on the list. It just got cut. It was holding on for dear life. But I I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't justify it at, at some point anymore. But I really did enjoy this match a lot. Uh, next up. This is one that I might be on an island on, but I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to go to bat for it from AEW All Out. Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander, really good match. And it was like a case that Britt Baker is better in the ring than people realize. Yeah, a lot of people still give Britt a lot of flack for her in ring, but yet you know her one of some of her matches are going to top people's match of the year list, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I find that every time Britt defends the title, Tony Khan goes, "Oh." I think that was Britt's best defense yet. And he definitely said that after this Chris Statlander match. But I think he was right this time. I think this was probably her best defense yet. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Next up, a G1 Climax three-pack for you, Boris. Naito versus Zack Sabre, the match where Naito gets injured on night one. Ibushi versus Ishii. They can never go wrong on night three. And Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. on night nine. All, four, all three of those matches were on the list at some point, but uh, they weren't long for the list. They got cut pretty quick. Yeah, man. Like, honestly, we can make a top, uh, you know, 50 just uh, G1 matches. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. Maybe we could do that next year. No, probably not. All right, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, buddy. We're into October. We're into the end of October. These are the final five matches that we'll be talking about here tonight, starting with... Another one that I really, I really wanted to work this into the top 121. It was hanging on, but I had to cut it. Brian Danielson versus Dustin Rhodes from the World Title Tournament Round 1. Saturday Night Dynamite, October 23rd, 2021. This match ruled. Gold Dust versus Brian Danielson. Yeah. Um, this match I watched like Sunday at like seven in the morning. Um, and I was just like blown away because I had zero expectations for this match. I had less than zero expectations for this match. And you know, this match was just a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Here's another match that was a lot of fun, perhaps too much fun for some Boris from the Halloween Dynamite, October 27th, 2021. The eight man tag, the Ghostbusters tag team match, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, John Silver and Stu Grayson versus Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson. You know. Yeah, God forbid people have too much fun in professional wrestling, right? Like, there is the line sometimes, <laughs> but if every one of their matches was like this, one of their matches being the super elite, the super click, whatever they want to call themselves, um, you know, that would be the issue. But they've been pretty good at not going overboard, uh, like, you know, a yep. lot of people claim they do. Yes, I agree with that. But this was overboard. This was so far overboard. This was many, many Here's leagues the under the okay, sea overboard. The only reason I accepted this match as 
insane as it was, was because it was Halloween. Exactly. It was it was a Halloween party. I, I really I thought it was great, but also I didn't lose too much sleep about cutting it off the main list either. But I do think it deserves acknowledgement. The Halloween tag match, really good. All right, next up, world title eliminator final from AEW Full Gear. Brian Danielson versus Rusev versus Miro. Miro yeah. Machka. Dude, this match was great. This match was fantastic. Like, honestly, um, it just goes to show you the style difference between AEW and WWE. And it just goes to show you, like, when you allow people to just go, they can give you some beautiful wrestling. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Because we've seen Brian Danielson versus Miro a number of times, and I don't remember it. But I, I remember this one, and it'll stick with me for a very long time. All right. Coming up next, our 49th of 50 matches that we're covering here. And maybe I'm wrong about this one. Wrong is obviously, it's, uh, it's not, that's not the right term. Uh, maybe I'm on an island with this one as well. Tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm crazy. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair from Survivor Series not too long ago, about a month ago. Was that not an awesome match? It was the best match of the night. This match really, sh- considering that The Rock didn't show up, considering that nothing happened in the main event, this match really should have closed the show. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, buddy. I, I really should have. I, 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 the, I, the decision to open the show with it was interesting. It got me to watch the first couple minutes of the show, but at the same time, I tuned out of it pretty quick thereafter. Yeah, and exactly. That was the right decision. Yep, agreed. All right, and the fiftieth hard the I, I, chronologically the most recent cut, if not the hardest cut. NXT War Games match, Boris. Team 2.0 of Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo versus Team Black and Gold, Johnny Gargano, LA Knight, Pete Dunne, and Tommaso Ciampa. Four stars, just like every other match on the list tonight. Yeah, this match was good, man. Like, honestly, this is a, this goes back to my, my, my statements about people just crapping on NXT right now. This match was just so well done. You know, you have a bunch of rookies, and this is literally their first pay-per-view. You put them in a war games against some pretty scary opponents, and, you know, you got gold out of it, and you're getting some amazing storytelling going into the match. This is what Survivor Series should have been, and now you have, like, bonafide superstars coming out of on the other side of this match. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. This this is what Survivor Series should have been. So well put, man. Great call. This is why can't Survivor Series be this instead of some manufactured war between two teams who just shuffled their decks anyway. None of the people on the teams have any, you know, uh, loyalty to the teams. Just ridiculous. Just a waste of time. But yeah, so that was our 50 hardest cuts. And again, remember that AEW world title match between Paige and Omega and that also that exploding barbed wire match, those might be cut as well, depending on how good Stardom Dream Queendom is on December 19th or 29th. No, that's an awesome list, man. Some really great matches. And again, just, you know, you know what I love the most about these top of or whatever these types of lists? It's that you get to reminisce. You kind of get to remember. Oh yeah, that match was great. Right. Or like in my case, you just remember where you watched it, when you watched it, with whom you watched (laughs) it, what was going on while you watch it. You know, there's just a lot of reflection that happens when we talk about this stuff. So that's why I really love these lists. And again, like we said at the top of the show, I think that 2021 has been a great year for professional wrestling. And you know, there's a lot of still possibility. Poss- the possibility of having great matches is still there. And 2022, man, I am so excited for 2022 and the wrestling business as a whole. Whether you're a fan of WWE, AEW, um, you know, NWA, it doesn't matter. Wrestling is back with a vengeance. Electric Boogaloo. 100%, man. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Really exciting. There's too much 
to consume. You can be the hippest wrestling fan of all time who doesn't watch any mainstream wrestling at all and only wants to watch like deep, deep Puro and uh, independent wrestling shows, and you'd still never be able to watch it all. It's just, it's just so, so much wrestling. So I hope we did a good job on this list. We're always open to suggestions. Hope you like this format because we're coming back with it next week for the top 121 of 2021, buddy. That's right. And if you are a patron of SNME, you have all of your regular shows coming. If you're listening to us from the BAM feed, well, you should think about becoming a patron for SNME because you get one wrestling show a day all for just $1 per week. And you can join at patreon.com slash SNME radio. If you want some SNME radio or some NXT talk merch, go to ballergear.ca and the collection is SNME radio. Man, I cannot wait for the list next week because uh, there's some matches that you like. I thought we would have talked about uh, remembering the list at the mid-year. And, um, you know, I, I'm really excited to chat and continue our reflection on the year that was 2021. He's Matt. Yes, sir. I'm Boris. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Long live Arcade Anarchy. Yeah, yeah.